This is Larry Sager with ESQ, and you are listening to Rock at Night. This is Sharice with Rocket Night Magazine. Today we are speaking with Larry Sager of ESQ. He has an EP out called At Night, and Rocket Night has reviewed some of the singles. So we want to find out more about ESQ and who Larry is. <laughs> Hi, Larry. <laughs> How you doing? Thank you again for having me. All right. I love the fact that you're proud of your Detroit roots. Well, everyone's from Detroit. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> well, like I said, everyone's from Detroit. Yeah. So what can you say? I was playing into this bar uh, in uh, in the Bay Area one night, years and years ago, and guy comes up to me, he says, uh, where are you from? I said, I'm from Detroit. He says, oh, do you know Mike from Detroit? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, there's only millions of people there. <laughs> You're proud of your roots, and you I know you mentioned that a lot in your music. Uh, did you go out to California when you were a teenager? When, when did you go out to California? Well, I went to California when I was 18, actually. And um, I'd been playing music in the Detroit area. And at that time, you know, a, lot of, a lot of the big names were we're moving to Detroit uh, from Detroit to LA. Um, yeah. And um, when I, when I first got to uh, San Francisco, I started playing with this band and I wasn't 21 in, uh, in Detroit at the time, I think the age was 18. So I went to California was 21. So uh, <laughs> I'm playing with this band. I'm frightened like anything. If it, someone's going to like check my ID and kick me out. Mm -hmm. Here in Florida, it was 18, too, and then they raised it to 19 and then 21. So you went out to California, and did anybody ever say anything, or did they find out that you were underage? No, it, it never it never was an issue. But I would, you know, we would show up, the band would show up at a gig, and we'd go in, and I'd have my guitar, and I'm just with the band. No one ever said anything in, in those days. The ancient days, you know, they had people at the door checking IDs, you know, that, I mean, I don't, I don't think that exists anymore where there's somebody else. Well, I, I guess in some places, mm -hmm. um, but so I would go in the bar and I didn't leave until two 30, you know, when we're packing up and leaving, I was just worried something might happen. And then uh, they're short a musician. Uh, what kind of music were you playing in those days? It's playing rock. It was playing jazz blues, commercial stuff. Yeah, I saw you have kind of a background in jazz, yet your new music is straight up rock and roll. Absolutely. Uh, is that what you prefer to record or why rock? Yeah, that that is, I don't know, back to my roots or something. Um, you know, 
growing up, it was rock and roll and blues. And uh, at some point before I left Detroit, you know, rock and roll and blues like became like a bad word. And I started playing jazz and jazz people didn't lower themselves to play rock and roll music. And uh, I came out to California and I was still playing some jazz, but I played with a folk rock band. I, pl I played with a country band a few times, but I was mostly into the jazz and into even like the avant-garde stuff and um, played it for years and years. And at some point, I guess I decided I, that jazz was really boring. <laughs> and uh, I went back to rock music, although there was another kind of a, well, there was an epiphany I had, you know, when I was uh, in my 20s. I had a buddy of mine who I grew up down the street from in Detroit who had moved to L.A. And he was working with a guy named Donald Baldwin, who uh, wrote some Temptation hits and did a bunch of their tracks and everything. And uh, he said, well, Donald's looking, you know, for a bass player and a guitar player and He's doing you know, commercial uh, music. And I thought, well, all right, I guess I can give that a swing. Uh, you know, it's, it's way below my pay grade, but I'll, I'll go and, and check it out. And uh, sitting with him and going through his tunes, I, I don't know, at that time, I, I developed an appreciation of someone who can put together a pop song or a rock song or an R&B song and that, um, you know, it's, it's not so easy and it's not, you know, garbage or junk either, <laughs> which, which is taboo to, to some of the jazz people I played with. But um, so, yeah, I just, uh, I went in a circle. It's funny about jazz people, especially like, like you said, fusion, they're kind of um, snooty and uppity from what I've gathered. <laughs> Whereas yeah. it seems rock and roll, I associate it more with common people and blue collar, really, which is fine. Yeah, well, I, I mean, my favorite my favorite music back in the time was like was rock, jazz, fusion stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it has a it has a basis in rock. And I mean, if you start looking at people like you know jeff beck and john mclaughlin and even you know miles davis i mean he's got he's got rock people playing with him especially on the guitar and i mean and they're uh they're rocking out <laughs> i i was really broken up when i heard jeff beck passed i mean i've always loved him <laughs> back to detroit I listen to a lot of your songs and I definitely get Detroit vibes. Like at night, I was picking up Glenn Fry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at night to me sounded very almost kind of rock Motownish. I love the fact that you have backup singers and uh, you have like a really full sound with your music. I guess does that go back to your probably childhood hearing the Motown music? Uh, yeah. And, and at this point too, I mean, I guess I consider it a characteristic of what I'm doing actually mm -hmm. um, is taking what I call the R and B. I mean, you know, you're Aretha Franklin, mm -hmm. uh, Chaka Khan, 
I don't know, I guess maybe there's the Supremes or something. I mean, that that kind of that that background vocal thing going. So, yeah, I mean, my my influences uh, were, you know, funk music from Detroit. I mean, that was my that was really my favorite music, you know, like James Brown. I'm trying to think of somebody else, but I don't put anyone else in his camp, really. To, to well, me, he's, um, temptation. You, you got the temptation, uh, yeah, Supremes and all those folks like that, and Stevie Wonder, even. But to mm-hmm. me, James Brown was like the the pinnacle. I mean, that was you know what was happening, and 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 from Detroit, there was Smokey you know, Robinson. Robinson. You know, is I just saw a documentary recently called Hitsville. And it was all about the history of uh, Motown. They they talked about Marvin Gaye. It was uh, Barry Gordy was the one who basically they featured. I don't have you seen that Hitsville? No, I haven't seen that. You need to. It's it's really good. It talks all about the roots. And um, have you been to the Motown Museum by chance? No, I haven't. I've been to the Jimi Hendrix Museum. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's pretty good too. I'm sure. <laughs> Well, it, when you go back to Detroit, that I had I hadn't seen it before, and I finally took the time to go, and I thought, well, what have I been waiting for? <laughs> it's really worth going to. Where where the is Motown it? Museum? It's Hitsville, USA. They have the studio, the original house where Barry Gordy made all the Motown music. Oh yeah, and uh, you can see. All sorts of memorabilia. It's really nice. So if you ever get a chance, yeah, and this- that and and uh, Donald. I mean, Donald wrote a couple of the hits for the Temptations. I mean, that was that was after they had left Detroit and all. So, I mean, he was he was rooted in that too. You know, and, and um, when I started doing some recording in San Francisco, actually, he came up and did some sessions with us. We're like, mm-hmm. we're doing like we're doing like punk music, you know. And here's mm-hmm. this uh, Motown guy singing mm-hmm. trap. now the ep at night it's recent uh got you and back into music or well you've you've always been into music but what made you want to cut this ep well i i had a bunch of recordings they're kind of old recordings and i decided this was before uh the internet (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh when i recorded this stuff pretty much and I thought, you know, it would be nice to send a couple of these songs to friends and be able to, you know, email somebody a tune. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went down, I found a studio in Oakland and um, they uh, burned uh, some some tapes for me. They, they cook them. So I brought them my old 24 track tapes that were from uh, Zoetrope in San Francisco, Francis Ford's uh, studio on columbus avenue over there that's where we had recorded them and uh what you do to get it onto digital or you know to be able Mm -hmm. to send it somebody you you actually you got to cook the tape so that you can play it back again and so that that it doesn't fall apart when you throw it up on a machine um so we transferred a couple of the tunes and i at the time i thought well you know i got a couple other tunes maybe i'll throw down a couple tracks and, and do some new recordings and, uh, and see how that goes. So uh, one thing led to another and uh, now we got like more than a dozen tracks. They're all finished up actually. And you have videos too. 
I saw that that go with a lot of the songs. Right. So maybe uh, I got the wrong idea, but I guess these days I don't think people will listen to a song unless there's a video. Maybe I'm wrong about that. YouTube is quite popular, so it seems you have to do a video. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. uh yeah, so I thought I, I'd had this idea for uh, this song called Cement Shoes. So so uh, we shot that video and put it out. Mm-hmm. And um, it did it did pretty good. Got like, you know, 40,000 views or something. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll put we'll start. We'll put some of these other tunes out and do some videos. And uh, we were going in to record a, a tune that I rewrote called Keep Trying. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were, you know, I invited a, a bass player and, and a drummer and I was playing guitar and uh, I just called up a video guy I said, uh, hey, come on down and shoot some video. We're doing a f- we're doing like three songs, mm-hmm. actually. And maybe we can do a video and put it out when we do the tune. So uh, he shot video that day and I talked to him after I was like, uh, so uh maybe we can do like three different videos one for keep trying one for this other tune one for this is like oh no i only got enough for one song mm-hmm. like oh okay well we'll we'll do that so it was kind of uh not really not really well thought out mm-hmm. but um we you know he he edited the thing together and uh, uh I'm sorry to say we didn't we didn't put much thought into it or anything. We just you know we we was just laying our tracks and doing our business, and uh, it hit a million views and it hit two million views and it's up to like uh, it's it's over five million views on wow. this thing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of like oh, I should have put some thought into doing that thing maybe, but uh, maybe that's the charm of it because it's like oh this isn't very polished or something. Yeah. So anyway, so now we're doing videos and we did uh, a video for um, at night and then we did a video for uh, off my rocker. And um, there's another tune on there. At night, cement shoes, keep trying off my rocker. Yeah. And I just heard a new one last week. Yeah. So now I've got we're working. This is off what's going to be our second EP called at the rock and roll. So uh, that's a tune called everybody got something. My thoughts when I listen to it, I'm getting a real Martha Hoople vibe. Oh yeah. 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 I, I almost seventies glam rock kind of Martha Hoople. I, that's what I'm feeling. Somebody uh-huh. else, maybe because I grew up in the seventies too. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I really, it, I really liked it because you know I like Ian Hunter and his music, and uh, so I definitely, it, I definitely am digging it. <laughs> yeah, they, they got some great tunes. Uh, yeah. When I was when I was uh, working on that, I actually was particularly influenced from uh, hanging out with David Foster, actually. Uh, who who's produced all kinds of people and written for a lot Celine, of people. Celine Dion, he didn't he work with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you name anyone, I think he's worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the at the time, he had allowed me to sit in on his session when he was doing the Tubes oh. in Chicago, and um, 
Steve Lukather came in to do uh, a guitar track on a tube song. Oh, wow. And so that was kind of my direct influence as far as the guitar solo goes. I was just looking at the way the way he handled himself and the way he came in the studio and laid down his track and 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 what he played. I was just it was, you know, it was a little bit impressive. <laughs> He's uh, good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I just saw him in the fall with Ringo's All Star Band. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're 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 playing with some good people. But obviously you're good too. I I like your solo and off my rocker. Oh well thank you. <laughs> I, I wrote that down. I said really good. I said really good lead intro. Oh yeah, cool. Well, I, that's great you. how you started off there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um I wrote that. I wrote the first version of that song sitting on the basement stairs when I lived in Detroit when I was a teenager. Oh, so really these songs are all from the time period. Maybe that's why they sound retro, what we yes. would call retro. Yeah. Well, like off my rocker. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote it way back then and really it's just a, it's a one, four, five blues thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've got some time signature stuff going on and um one thing, like I like I said, a lot of these a lot of these are like older songs, but um, I I pretty much tweaked most of them up. Um, off my rocker, I added a a, a bridge and a guitar solo section, and uh, and then I changed the time signature because it used when when I first played it with a couple different bands way back when it was in um, I got to count out it was in five. So you kind of modernized yeah, it, it more, more yeah. of a millennial feel. Although it's funny, um, they call it new classic rock now. All, all that's old is new again. So you fit right in with the whole trend. I think yeah. pe people are just tired of maybe hip hop or electronic music. They want something that's more human driven, possibly. I don't know. What do you yeah. think about this new classic rock trend? Well, I, you know, friends of mine, I don't have any teenage kids, but some friends of mine mm -hmm. who do, the, they play them, you know, some of the stuff we're recording. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's shows where like they have somebody come on and they listen to, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin or something. And they're like, wow, a someone playing the guitar. It's like a whole new concept. <laughs> I hate to say <laughs> An, an actual craft rather than sampling. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, and even one thing when we were going into the studio, um, the studio has changed a little bit from when, you know, when I was recording, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, you go in and you try and do your track and, and you want to get through the thing and not make any mistakes. And if you sing, you know, you sing a line flat, you got to go back and do it again. If you mess up a guitar part, you got to go back and fix it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to be, you got to be pretty much on for your three minutes or your four minutes. And now it's like, oh, you know, I think I sang the middle of that flat. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Auto-tune. Yeah, you tweak yeah. it up. It's like, oh my God. And, and I couldn't get used to that, you know, because I'd be like, no, let's just do it again. 
And I won't mention who, but we had a young lady come in and she laid a track and it was, she, it was for a friend of mine. I had him bring his daughter in because she wanted to be, um, you know, she wants to be a star. So, so I told her the line is like, you know, it comes in here and you sing this and you know, it's this line. And so she sang it and, um, it was nowhere in the vicinity of uh, being in tune or on time or anything. And the engineer says, yep, that's fine. We can fix it. Like Britney Spears. <laughs> well, I've never been in the studio with her. So I can't say. But it's pretty <laughs> sad, say. isn't it? That anybody, they can engineer anybody to sound good. But yeah, but yeah. live, you can't pull that off when you do a live act. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, then you have your backing tracks or your, you know, your mm. your big nilly or your your folks in the Super Bowl or whatever. Oh, that's you know? true. You could do that. Speaking of live, uh, most of your work has been done in the studio. Do you do any live performances? Do you have an actual band that you work with and do live? I've got a little bit of a pool of folks who I call on. Actually, we did a. Uh, we did a track um, that, oh, well, the one we just finished off, everybody got something. There is some live studio. I mean, there's some live footage in there, actually. So we're in a, uh, in a, in a rehearsal studio for a couple of these, but actually, and everybody's got something. There's something that looks like a stage in there with lighting. It looks like it's a live show. Mm -hmm. That's because actually it is a live show. <laughs> actually, a lot of your um, videos do have what looks like a band. But what I meant is um, now that you have the EP, would you go to, let's say, the Troubadour? Or would you go to a venue? Would you do you want to take this on the road? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're talking with some people. And actually, I um, had an offer to go to Australia. Oh, wow. Um, on a like it's kind of like a two-week tour mm -hmm. but um I, I turned it down the, the um the arrangements weren't that great and so i'll wait for the next one i mean it, so uh yeah absolutely we, we'd like to go out and play and uh you know our our songs also as far as youtube goes mm -hmm. are hitting major in south america mm. And people are just nuts about it in uh, Argentina. And um, that's where we, we've gotten like over 4 million views wow. in Argentina and, and the they rest are, of South America. That doesn't surprise me. I lived in Venezuela. And really? Yeah. And they are hungry for rock and roll down there. Uh, you would do great in Colombia, Venezuela, Brazil, you name it. They're they're starving for it, and they're extremely enthusiastic when you do play. Yeah, well, that's where that's where it's hitting too. I mean, Argentina, it's wild because the top five countries are, uh, and this is where there's like you know a million, two million views on these other tunes, and and the one with the five million views. I mean, I didn't really believe it personally. I was like, and it was Argentina, Indonesia, Ukraine, India, and Turkey, and then. The rest of South America is down the list. So there's, you know, Venezuela, Brazil, Uruguay, uh, Peru, uh, everywhere. I was like, what's going on? And, and I didn't understand. I couldn't understand the Argentina thing. And I was like, 
don't know, was this like some person in a car somewhere it keeps hitting play or something <laughs> and i i talked to a friend of mine then who uh, i'm not i'm not that up on the music business really these days but i mm -hmm. talked to a friend of mine she's she's you know she knows who put something out who what who went to new band where this concert's going where someone's playing here she's like oh yeah argentina they're crazy about rock music there they got yeah. these huge festivals there you know metallica and, and on and on i was like oh okay so yeah um Argentina. Oh, you've been there. <laughs> no, I haven't been there. Just, oh, you haven't I been there. You just have the hat. <laughs> I just got a hat off the internet. That's as close <laughs> as I've gotten so far. Oh, funny. <laughs> we want to play. We're we're planning yeah. to do something. You have dabbled in a lot of other things. I see that you have you you have a book that you wrote when you were younger, and I'm presuming you must be an attorney because of ESQ. Am I? correct well, i am and the drummer is an attorney and then um a guy who's not playing with us i'm trying to get him to go play with us who uh, mm -hmm. was singing and playing guitar it was actually also an attorney oh, so that's <laughs> why it's called esq esquire well, well yeah. i mean that's kind of like a joke that we had esq but uh it's a a guy who i who's a, a publishing guy in la came up with the name actually because because uh He's like, you got to have a name for the band. I was like, uh, well, I do Larry Sager. Okay. He's not, nah, nah, you got to have a name. Got a name. Uh, you know, figuring out a name. Oh my God. You know, I remember we'll get the dictionary out. We start with A, we'll go to B. And he's like, uh, how about ESQ? I was like, oh, okay, sure. So some people kind of get it and some people aren't sure. And some are like, is it esque? Is it, you know, Whatever. I wondered if it was ESQ or just Esquire. That's that's what I was wondering. So you, uh, I thought was somebody must be an attorney. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, whatever. But um, some attorneys can play okay music. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot try, and 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 a lot of it's you know. Well, I'm I'm finding that's it. I'm finding a lot of people maybe went to college, they played in bands, they got a career, and now they're revisiting their music from their youth. Now, especially since COVID, people had time to do that. But yeah. I'm finding that that's kind of the MO of a lot of people. Yeah. Well, this all started was like, right, right when COVID started. And, and in fact, you know, I remember I went to one place to get them to burn some tapes for me. And it's like, uh, you know, I went to the door and they're like, leave it at the door and we'll come get it when you leave. You know, I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's when I was doing, that's when we were laying all those tracks. And and we also uh, had to cancel a few sessions because people were coming down with COVID. So uh, yeah. Um, and going back to the book thing, I, I when I was an undergrad, I was majoring in English and I was driving a cab at night and my major was uh, creative writing. And so um, I was in class in the day I would, I would drive at night and then I'd come home like two, three in the morning, write about what happened that night driving around. And then I'd turn it into my class for my assignment. <laughs> So it's like Taxi Confessions, kind of like that HBO. Uh, remember that that series? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, only it's a, a little more X-rated and a lot of bad words. I'm oh, sorry. sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit the underbelly. Uh, uh, do you still do creative writing too? No, I'm just sticking to the music stuff. So, um, you know, I'm I'm doing you know rewriting lyrics for these songs, and uh, so everything is pretty much directed to the music now. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the songs, you said the melodies, the music was written a while ago, but you're revamping the lyrics right now to present day. Yeah, like Off My Rocker, uh, I took that. I kept the only thing that's the same in Off My Rocker is uh, I didn't really like the first three lines in the song necessarily, but they were the original lines. So it's like as an homage to the original writer, mm -hmm. I kept those in. And then the rest I totally changed. Uh, and it was about, it was about, uh, you know, being attracted to a girl and living in San Francisco. That's what the song is. And now it's more, it's a, it's a different deal. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, so I've done that with a couple others of, you know, adding, adding backgrounds, adding lyrics, changing stuff uh, at night, which you'd mentioned before was, um, originally a punk song and it was Ooh. real fast it was kind of like a i don't know you know like a ramones thing or a you know just a punky tune and yeah so i slowed it down and then i had this you know idea what if i put some like background vocals and i was thinking like you know like the black crows do like in uh Oh, a couple of their tunes. I love that. That gives it the full sound. Leonard Skinner used to have backup girls, a lot of the bands. And I really love that. I hope you keep doing that. Well, that's my songs. And that, that, yeah. And that's what we have on these tunes. And we got, we got a couple like uh, of tunes that are finished up and they're pretty, mm -hmm. they're, they're harder rock stuff and less poppy than some of the stuff we got out now. So there's a little bit of a transition that goes on, but um, I've got these singers, you know, singing on there and I'm always a little reticent about it because, because I want them to, I'm, I'm looking for singers who have that R and B thing. And I'm like, well, that's what I want in here. But did, you know, are you okay? Do you like rock music? Is that okay with you? <laughs> well, look at Tedeschi trucks. A lot of your uh, Southern rock bands, they have the girls and, Keep doing it. Uh, are you going to be releasing a single at a time or an EP coming up? Yeah, we're we're releasing like a single at a time. At the same time, we're we're putting out an old fashioned CD just to have it out and more as a as a like a a, a little thing that you can hold oh, on. So to. a physical copy. You'll be making burning physical copies. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, just to give it out to some people and, you know, I'll ask, you know, do you have a CD player? And and people are, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, there's one in my car or they'd be like, what's that? A lot of us still use CD players and turntables, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have a CD in my car, it turns mm -hmm. out, just by chance. Uh, so, yeah, so we're putting out, we're getting, we're getting the EP printed out. So we're going to be putting out another single so to speak another video that we're just finishing up called at the rock and roll and uh we'll be putting that out 
and at the same time around then putting out the CD just for kind of the hell of it. So maybe by summertime? What? Oh, the second, the second tune? Yeah. Uh, that, now we're going to put that out in um, by April. Oh, okay. Maybe. So we're like we're, every couple months or so. We're, we're shooting out. We were, we were going to do like every month and the thing, the things are getting so many hits. We're like, well, we'll let this kind of run its course. But now I, I want to quicken up the pace. So we're going to do like every four or five weeks, a new tune. That's the plan. Is uh, Sylvia Massey the producer on these new tunes? Well, she's mixing actually. Okay. So um, I didn't, I didn't come to Sylvia until later in the process so I'd finished all these tunes, um, laying all the tracks. And like you mentioned off my rocker, you probably wouldn't know from it, but there's like, there's like five guitar tracks on that thing. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A lot of layers. huh? Yeah. <laughs> I got another tune that's got like six guitars on there. And part of the reason is that we would go in and record and, I wasn't quite happy with the guitar sound and wasn't quite happy with the way it's like popping out on the recording essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not an engineer. I'm just mm -hmm. a musician. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know it sounds good. I don't know. I don't know how to get that final product necessarily, mm -hmm. but I know, you know, how to lay down what I want to hear. Mm -hmm. So my, my solution is like, well, I'll put another guitar track on. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> So I go in, I put my Strat on, I put that, I got my Les Paul, I put Les Paul track, I got 12 string guitar, I throw that on there. I got a, um, my Ibanez, I put that on there. And and this one tune, I got all these guitar tracks. I'm like, you know, it's now it's too busy and it's not crisp and the drummer's like, uh, the drums aren't popping. And so I randomly sent out a uh, email to Sylvia. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, I got this tune. We're having trouble mixing it. It can't quite get it to sound right. Mm -hmm. Would you be interested to mix it? Because um, if she wanted to produce, I would bring her in as producer. But I, you know, but it was too late in the game. Uh, so they, I sent them the track and sent back a note. She's like, "Yeah, we'll kill it." So I sent them this tune, and and she fixed everything. The wow. drums the guitars were crisp and you know there was a lot of guitar there was like kind of dueling guitar solo stuff going on she like picked through that and just made it pop and we haven't put that out yet um but then you know i was i was so happy with it and uh i said well i got a couple other tunes could you take a listen to those would you be interested at all mm -hmm. And she said, sure, send them out, you know, send them over and we'll check them out. And I sent a couple of more over and she did those. And then I said, well, I got another five here too. So um, she's done uh, 16 tunes now. Wow. And you know, then she sang on one a couple months ago too. She, she called up, it's like, uh, this is your best song of all of these. I was like, really? Because to me, it was kind of like, eh, I was like hesitant to even to send it to her because I thought, I don't know, she's going to hear this and she's not going to work with me anymore. <laughs> so she goes, you mind if I put some vocals on here? 
I said, absolutely, you know, do do whatever you want. And so uh, we're going to put that one out after we put out at the rock and roll, which is is, is that one rock music too, the one that she really liked. Yeah, yeah, it's rock. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I always say, leave the mixing to the experts. They know what they're doing. <laughs> you yeah. know. Well, um, your 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 music sounds great, and that's what more people need to do is just leave it to the experts. You know. Yeah. She. I mean, she. She made it pop. She. She is on the track that I'm on. I mean, I know what I want to hear, and she gets she what she puts out it's like boom i don't know we're just on the same wave same wavelength Mm -hmm. and uh even you know back you know 15 and 20 years ago when i was putting tracks down at zoetrope we'd put the tracks down you know i had engineer and and we mix it and it just wasn't right and i I was running around the different studios to different people i want to thank you for coming to Rocket Night podcast and speaking with me because I've been listening to your music for some time and now I have the person in front of me <laughs> who can answer a lot of the questions I've been wondering, especially ESQ, the name. And I and I see your puppy dog in there too. Actually. Yeah, that's I've been I, every time I do these interviews, I think please don't bark, and I have my cat running around too. <laughs> I'm like hitting them. Here is at night by ESQ.
You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song "Get On Down" is from blues artist Billy Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.